Love is the enemy. Yes, the poets continually and sometimes willfully mistake love. Love is the old slaughterer. Love is not blind. Love is a cannibal with extremely acute vision. Love is insectile. It is always hungry. Stephen King, Christine. Hello, Justin. Hey, Kayla. Uh, tonight, I guess we're talking about Christine, the right. Plymouth Fury, <laughs> which is full of fury, naturally. Had you read Christine before, Kayla? I have not. And I realized that they had made a movie about it, that John Carpenter had made a movie, and I hadn't seen that either. So I really went into this only knowing that it was about a haunted car. I didn't really know anything else about it. What about you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same for me. I actually didn't realize uh, Carpenter had done that. Uh, I have a soft spot for him since we're from the same hometown. But, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Yeah, you watch the closing credits of uh, Halloween, the music says it's all done by the uh, for the Bowling Green Symphony, I believe. And there is, of course, not a symphony in Bowling Green, Kentucky. It was all just John Carpenter. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought he just did that by himself. Like, yeah, his, uh, That's hilarious. His, his dad was the band director at Western Kentucky University. So uh, I don't think he fully grew up there, but certainly spent some time there. That is awesome. I did not know that. And fun fact. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adjacent fun fact. I love it. (laughs) That's kind of, that's, that's basically where I came into Christine too, though. I knew it was about a haunted car and, uh, you know, I gotta say, um, I am not a car guy. Like I, I would, I like a functioning radio and comfortable seat. (laughs) I I just really do not care about what's under the hood, um, and I did not expect to like this book, and um, in the end, I really did. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'm not a car person either, and I tried not to – sometimes I get – if I'm already not into the topic, I kind of put up like a little bit of a blocker. So I tried hard not to put up a blocker about, oh, it's about a car, because, I mean, it goes – Obviously, Stephen King really likes cars or is interested, at least in the nostalgia of this kind of car. Uh, but he doesn't really go into it too much. So if you're worried about it being uh, too carish or too... Right. Yes. No, <laughs> it's it is not, not too it bad. It's not no. too technical. It's not like car talk or anything like that. Like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned that you really liked this book, which I think is interesting because I did not like this book. And I think this is the first book that we had differing opinions on. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably going to be the most uh, diametrically opposed that we've been um, so far. Uh, But yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's a little bit too long. Um, There's, there's too many kind of secondary characters, but I really liked the character development uh, with both Arnie and Dennis um, and, and Lee, the girlfriend. Um, I thought all those were good characters and, you know, I just kind of, I don't, for whatever reason, the mood I was in when I was reading it, I just pretty much embraced the full pulp ridiculousness of a haunted murderous (laughs) car that's, you know, inhabited by the spirit of a, disgraced and disgruntled uh war veteran <laughs> ronald lebay yeah 
which you know part of the way through they're like oh, arnold is spelled differently roland yeah <laughs> it's like, wow oh, yes it is <laughs> great one uh but yeah it's i think uh lebay was characters because he's so like crotchety and awful yeah, <laughs> i just found yeah. him really he is i just, just found him really interesting yeah he is just pure disgustingness and uh yeah there's yeah there's there's really just nothing likable about him oh no he's he's purely terrible and you can tell that king is having a lot of fun with how terrible LeBay is and he just continues to get worse and worse throughout the book and the more we learn about him and his past and the more he starts to i mean it's really LeBay who's possessing arnie which i didn't really get from my first um understanding of the book i just kind of thought the car itself was haunted but it really becomes that LeBay is possessing arnie and able to like move his spirit around right yeah yeah it's almost like he's some corporeal form uh but he can temporarily abandon that and just take over the otherwise unoccupied car Yes, yeah, which uh, I thought was kind of a, an interesting concept that builds off of it a little bit more. Um, I do think that it might be somewhat unnecessarily complicated, but I thought it was kind of fun. Like you said, it's pulpy. Like, it's not supposed to be super serious or anything like that. It's a haunted car. Like, there's, <laughs> you have to take it at some level of that uh, understanding. Like, it's okay. It's not going to be completely serious. It's it's all right. Um, I did like the friendship between Arnie and Dennis a lot. Like you mentioned before, I thought by themselves to me they weren't that interesting, but together and seeing Dennis watch Arnie change and go through different parts of his possession. Really, like he starts off being like a really nerdy, uh, nice guy, but you know the guy who gets picked on all the time to starting to look a little bit better his pimples go away after he gets christine he gets more confident um and then he becomes slowly uh a monster as LeBay takes over him a little bit more and you get to see how dennis responds to all of these different things um all these different changes that arnie goes through and i thought that was really interesting um to get a separate not that great but together i thought that was really strong yeah yeah i uh I agree. I think, I think the strongest moments are when they're together. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, I think that these two are, to me, they're probably more accurate depictions of, of the typical high schooler than, you know, for, than some of the characters that we see in, um, you know, the, to Carrie or Salem's lot, or I don't know, to me, it just, they felt, mm-hmm. they felt more natural. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Den- Dennis is the football star, but he doesn't really like football all that much. And, you know, Arnie, mm-hmm. Arnie's like a smart guy, but he's just kind of deaf on the, you know, on the outskirts of every social clique imaginable at the high school. Um, yeah. I, for some reason, they just clicked with me this time around. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought the parts that I didn't like didn't really have much to do with Dennis or Arnie or the characters necessarily. I think it's just the length and the extra side plots, especially the side plot about like the c- cigarette smuggling. The, the smuggling, oh the like, smuggling plot <laughs> is, is unnecessary. And there's even... <laughs> 
to me, there's like, there's too many, there's too many of the, there's too many antagonists in that little clique that, that destroys mm-hmm. Christine, you know, after he's got it kind of partially rebuilt the first time. It's like, okay, we maybe needed like two of these guys, not five of them. And then, and then right. there's like the innocent <laughs> bystander kid who just dies just because. <laughs> Right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, you know, side quests, side plots, extra characters. King, he's known to kind of overwrite a lot of times, in a lot of ways. And I read and I can't remember where it was that it, this was his longest novel since The Stand. Uh, yeah. And whether, whether or not this plot actually required that is debatable. I think this book would have been a really strong short story. And I probably would have really liked it because I like the the idea of the haunted car and the Dennis and Arnie relationship could have been really uh, more of a bedrock to the story. But yeah, the fact that he blew it up to over 500 pages, I just I just could not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just I, get through it. I do agree with that. I think it would have been a better 250 to 300 page book. Um, you didn't need 500. I mean, in the end, it's just a. It's just a possessed car, but uh, <laughs> we're yeah we're not dealing with the stand here. But uh, no. yeah, you know yeah technically up to this point, which I think this was book nine for us. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but like you said, up to this point, it's the second longest. Uh, I will say, Firestarter and Cujo seemed a hell of a lot longer to me. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I think you know Christine was a hot mess i felt like it was really sloppy it was overwritten but it wasn't boring i'll give it that uh you know there's always something really bizarre going on in this book always some sort of new character to learn about even if it's overwritten at least it's interesting you know I'll, yeah. whereas firestarter just bored me to tears most of the time and you know at least christine wasn't boring you know he also probably earned at least an extra half crown from me on the very uh the very beginning on the dedication page by dedicating it to uh george romero yeah that was so sweet (laughs) i love i love that and uh really great and we're back out we're back outside of maine uh briefly yeah uh which is kind of strange but you know maybe in the future we'll run into books that are not set in Maine, and it will feel less strange. But for right now, it felt a little bit strange. Yeah, coming I, into it, where are they in Pennsylvania somewhere? They're or, they're in well, um, yeah, that's the thing. They're in Pennsylvania, and this is this part of it kind of like angered the sports nerd uh, in me because they're in Pennsylvania, and it implies that they're probably pretty close to Pittsburgh because uh, you know Arnie and Dennis. It mentions them working on some highway project uh, there in Pittsburgh or right outside of Pittsburgh. Um, yet when they get together, it seems that everyone watches the Philadelphia Phillies on, on TV. And I just like, I was just like, well, why aren't they watching the Pirates? If you lived that close to Pittsburgh, you would watch ah, the Pirates. Uh, yeah. You know, so there's no glaring um genetics mistakes in the book that i could find but the baseball (laughs) baseball nerd in me uh took slight umbrage at that yeah it's like stay in your lane king like you don't know (laughs) stick to maine (laughs) maybe you'll maybe you'll know the sports teams a little bit better there uh we uh yeah i will one just completely 
random aside that I will mention. I'm not sure which uh, edition of the book you had, uh, but I I actually at first started reading it on the Kindle copy that I had gotten from the library, which uh, you know seemed like a Kindle version of a more recent printing. Um, but then I eventually mm. went by there and got the got a hardcover copy of it also. Uh, which I'm not sure if it was like a first edition, but it was certainly a very early edition. And Mm -hmm. so the hardcover I had, um, each chapter had song lyrics um, before the, before the chapter started and almost almost all the song lyrics referred to cars. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but the, the newer electronic version that I had did not have those song lyrics and Interesting. Yeah. And then I was reading, apparently, uh, you know, this was kind of at the height of his mania. And uh, he, King, insisted on having these song lyrics and actually ended up paying $15,000 of his own money for the, uh, to, <laughs> for the copyright permissions uh, to include the song lyrics. But I, I guess at, wow. at, a certain, at a certain point in the reprintings, both him and the publishers uh, stopped caring so much about the about the fairly, you know, <laughs> peripheral and unimportant song lyrics and drop right. them. Yes, it's it's very, it's fun. It's a good kick to see them and to kind of read over them, but they really have nothing to do with them. Yeah, no, it's really just like, I know, I know 57 songs about cars. <laughs> right. And, and I have the money to and just one, throw and it And one away. third of them are Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I'm on a lot of cocaine, and this is really important to me right now. It's <laughs> that I have all of these songs. <laughs> I can totally see him just not letting that go. And they're like, fine, you can pay for it yourself. And he's like, I will. <laughs> Oof, yeah, I can totally see that going down. It's, it's, yeah, it's a wild book, you guys. If you haven't read it, it's, you know, it's certainly worth it's certainly it, worth it's, giving it a it's shot it's crazy uh i mean there are definitely some things where you can tell that he was probably a little bit to a lot substance altered you know there's a complete so the first i guess roughly third of the book is all told from dennis's perspective and mm-hmm. and then there's just a complete tone shift and uh you know it, if the second half of the book was all told from arnie's perspective or Lee's perspective or whatever That'd be fine. That would be an interesting choice. But from then on, it just completely jumps around between characters. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, once Dennis gets in the hospital, it switches to like third person uh, randomly. And it's and then Dennis is just like in a hospital bed, whereas for a while he's been our narrator the whole time in the middle of the action. And it's a very weird choice. There's also a lot of dream sequences, which is my biggest pet peeve in horror is the overuse of dream sequences and so that really frustrated me a lot um which might it always biases as soon as i come across more than one in a book or a movie i'm like oh this is the worst so <laughs> it's possible that um i couldn't really get past the dream sequence usage in this book yeah well uh are you ready for the crown ratings Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's by no means is it a perfect book. It has a number of problems that we've talked about and some more that we didn't talk about. But in the end, I just I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I give it three and a half crowns. How about you? Nice. I'm glad that you liked it. That it It's good to have that perspective because I spent a lot of time 
thinking about how it's just going to give this two stars, which is what I'm giving it. <laughs> there you, go. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not. You were just, you were just mad. You were just mad because we had the dates out of order and you thought you were going to get to reread Pet Cemetery, and then you had to read Christine. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Too, so I was getting a little pissy about, you know, delaying one of my favorite books. Uh, so Christine gets two stars, which I feel is pretty fair. You know, it's, it's not my cup of tea. I thought it was a sloppy hot mess, but I, it's not boring. Um, and the friendship between the characters was really fun to uh, to read. So, you know, not my favorite and I'm not going to reread it again, but I'm glad that I did. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, are you are you good with Christine? Have we covered everything that you wanted to? Yes, I'm ready to send Christine off into the sunset. All right. Well, and that means that next week we get the pretty appropriately timed Pet Cemetery episode. Yay, I can't wait. I'm so excited. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. For more of our Stephen King adventures, please follow us on Instagram at the Year of King.